who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. And I pray that it will be deposited in hearts that have been saturated by your spirit. As I step back, thank you for the spirit of God. Ministering to your people the word of God. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders. Following your word as you have promised. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I started a new series three weeks ago entitled Common Sense, and it's spelled C-E-N-T-S. And the focus of this series is identifying the truth about money from a biblical perspective. And so the month of October, if you're visiting us, is considered clergy month throughout our nation. And this is a time where our nation sets aside some time to honor ministers. And that's why today we are calling it Value to Visionaries Day. And this is where our church takes the time to honor my wife and I as founding pastors of Word of Truth Family Church. Because we have many pastors here, but then we have founding pastors. Amen. And so I've decided to use this opportunity to give you all a scriptural significance of this moment. Amen. In other words, I want to show you how that what we do at this church has biblical references to it. I don't want to do anything in this church that does not mirror what God's word says. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to show you and help you understand God's perspective on honoring pastors. Now, believe it or not, pastoring may look easy, but it's very demanding. Amen. How many know uh, working with people can be difficult? Raise your hand if you, if you know that. Yeah. If you didn't raise your hand, you might be the difficult person. In fact, just touch your neighbor and, and say, I know what he's talking about. Just touch him and say, I know what he's talking about. Now, now look at him again and say, don't be touching me. Don't be touching me. See, that's what I mean. Difficult people. That's what I mean right there. So my goal today is to teach you how to honor a pastor God's way. So if you're taking notes, my topic is how to honor your pastor, how to honor your pastor. And I know this is going to be different because I'm the person that I'm talking about. But even if you're visiting here, I'm talking about pastors, period. And uh, a lot of times what pastors will do is bring somebody else in to talk about something like this. But my thing was, you know what? The best way for me to communicate to my church how to honor me and how to honor my wife is by me teaching you myself. Amen. Amen. And here's why I can teach it with conviction. It's because I do it. Amen. From the, we almost been, what, 12 years as a church, 11 plus months or years. And, uh, From that point, I've always had a pastor in my life. And uh, believe it or not, I obey my pastor. Amen. Amen. Uh, On the way back 
from Houston uh, two weeks ago. Uh, when I got to, well, before we got to Houston, I had all my tires checked because, you know, when you're doing a road trip, you want to make sure that everything's good with your car. And so we rode down there and, and uh, everything was good and smooth. But when I got there, I don't know if it was one of Houston's uh, potholes, which they have many. But I noticed that my car had a little wobble to it a little bit. And uh, my wife didn't feel it, and I don't know whoever was riding with us. I don't know if they felt it, but I felt it. And so uh, before we were leaving, I was going to have it looked at at a particular place. And uh, my wife told my pastor, and he said, no, tell him, don't go there. Go to this place. And he designated the place. He told me which one I needed to go to. And uh, when I got there, of course, uh, you know, they, they said it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour for us to get to the vehicle over everything. And then all of a sudden, I noticed that my pastor's son-in-law shows up at the place. And uh, he talked to some person. And, and after he got done talking to that person, that 45 minutes became immediate. I don't know who I skipped, but I skipped a whole lot of people. And they put my car in as soon as I drove up. I believe it's because I obeyed my pastor. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Jeremiah 3:15, and then Acts chapter 16 verses 9. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be able to show you something today that you may not have known. And then I'm just going to encourage you because one of the things that I've learned is that the enemy, uh, if, if there's anybody in your life he does not want you to stay in agreement with is your pastor. Other than your spouse, he does not want you to stay in agreement with your pastor. And here's why. God loved you so much, he decided to designate a specific person that he pointed out to feed you. Watch this now. So here's point number one. Uh, Jeremiah 3.15 and then Acts chapter 16 verse 9. Here's point number one. You honor your pastor by understanding the purpose of your pastor. We're talking about honoring. How to honor your pastor? Well, the first way is that you honor your pastor by understanding the purpose of your pastor. And here's why. Anything that you don't understand, you're likely to abuse or misuse. In Jeremiah 3.15, watch what it says. This was God talking. And he says, and I will give. Everybody say give. That means if God says he's giving, that means it must be a gift. In other words, that means that your pastor is a gift from God to you. Now, how do you treat a gift? You, uh, if you have respect, you don't just treat it, you know, uh, how would you feel if your kids, you bought them something and then you gave it to them and they threw it up against the wall? You wouldn't be happy about that, would you? In fact, how many know you wouldn't get no more toys for a long time, right? Well, God has given you a pastor and you can just write down Ephesians 4, 7 because it says this, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, it says, he, Jesus, ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. And then it says, and he gave gifts unto men. And then verse 11 says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. So I want you to see here, it says, he gave gifts to men. So look at your neighbor and say, your pastor is your gift. So he says in Jeremiah 3, 15, and I will give you, watch this, pastors according to my heart. And here's what, what their purpose is. Which shall feed you, watch this, with knowledge and with what? And with understanding. Now I want you to see the difference because he's saying that he has designated a person that has his heart 
for your life. And that person is going to feed you, watch this, with knowledge and what else? And understanding. And here's the difference. Knowledge is what to do, but understanding is how to do it. And that's why I'm very purposeful in my approach to God's word. I want to make sure that you know it, but I also want to make sure that you understand it. Can I get an amen? Amen. So he said he'll give us pastors after his own heart, which shall feed us with knowledge. And I love verse 16, which really, I just love it. Let me just read verse 16. He says, and it shall come to pass, come to pass when? After you have been fed with knowledge and understanding from the pastor that God has given you, it shall come to pass that you will be multiplied and increased in the land. You know what that says? That says the result of being pastor should be increased. I'm going to say that again. The result of being pastored should, should be increased. And I believe that when you sit under a pastor who is teaching you the word of God, your life should go up and not down. Amen. And that's why a lot of you all in this place are prospering. Amen. Listen, you weren't prospering at the level you were at before you got here. So that means that what God is doing for you here is impacting your life. Now, the result of being pastor should be increased. Everybody say, the result of being pastor should be increased. Now, write down Psalm 78, 70. It says this, and God chose David, his servant. Notice God chose David. And then he took David from the sheepfolds, which says that, that David was a sheep before he became a shepherd. And that's what's happening these days. The reason why there are more churches, watch this, uh, there are 5,000 churches that open every year, but there are 7,000 churches that close every year. Now, uh, if there are 2,000 more churches closing than there are opening, why is that? Because a lot of churches that are being started are not being started by people who God have called. Listen, pastoring is not something you just go to school for. Even though you can go to school to learn about pastoring, pastoring is a call. It's not something that you go to school for. Amen. He says, and God chose David, his servant, from the sheepfold. And watch verse 71. From the following of the great youths. And then he brought him, watch this, to feed. Notice now, a shepherd's job is to feed. He brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. Look at verse 72. I like it. And so he, David, what did he do? He fed them. And that is my role in your life. My goal and my role is to feed you. Amen. It's not necessarily to make you feel good. Sometimes I may have to say stuff and it cuts you. But, you know, uh, you know, my style is, is different, too, you know, uh, uh, I don't believe you have to hoop and sweat for people to hear you. Amen. Uh, you know, my style is, is kind of, you know, I'm funny in some ways. and But I, I, I think part of that is, is so that when I cut you, it'll, you, you, you bandage it up too. <laughs> it says this, he brought him to feed Jacob his people. He fed them, watch this, out of the integrity of his heart. And he guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. Amen. So the first point is you honor your pastor by understanding the role of your pastor. Here's point number two. You honor your pastor, watch this, by believing and achieving his God-given vision. I'm going to say this again. And some of you all may be hearing this for the first time. 
It says, uh, honor your pastor. You do that by believing and achieving. Say, believing and achieving. His God-given vision. Now you say, well, Pastor Edmund, how do I know if a vision that a, that a pastor has is from God? Well, you'll know it's from God if it's biblical. Amen. If it has people attached to it, if people's lives are being changed and people's lives are being saved and transformed, then you know that's a vision from God. Amen. Now watch this though. Look in Acts chapter 16. Let me show you something because vision must be believed and achieved. And here's why. Because you will discover your own calling through God's vision. I'm going to say that again. Vision must be believed and achieved. And here's why. Because you will discover your own calling through a God-given vision in Acts chapter 16. And, and listen, not only what I'm about to show you is biblical, but this is how I discovered my calling as a pastor. I, even though God told me years ago in prayer that I was going to be a pastor, watch this. My gifting to do that came while I got involved in someone else's vision. Acts 16, look at verse 9. It says, and a vision appeared to them all. Who does it say appear to? To who? You think that's a typo? A vision appeared to Paul, not all. In the night, there stood a man of Macedonia. He prayed saying, come over into Macedonia and what? And help us. Watch this, verse 10. And after... He, Paul, had seen the vision, watch this, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, watch this, gathering that the Lord had what? Had what? He had called us to preach the gospel. Now I want to show you several things here. Notice after Paul saw the vision. The Bible says immediately they endeavored to go. In other words, when he explained to them the vision. They went immediately. And let me tell you what the Greek word, you know what the Greek word for that word immediately means? It means immediately. (laughs) Immediately. They didn't sit around and talk about it. It says immediately, watch this, we endeavored to go. And here is why. Assuredly gathering that the Lord, watch this now, this is so key. He called us. So watch this. The people's calling came out of Paul's vision. And see, some of you all are spiritually trying to figure your way out. You're trying to figure your way through. You're trying to figure out what your calling is in life. Well, listen, you'll discover your calling when you get connected to the vision. Amen. So it says that after he has seen the vision, we endeavor to go. So let me give you four facts about vision. I'm going to go fast on this one because I really don't want to focus on this. But let me just give you four facts about vision. Number one is that vision is given to one for the benefit of many. A God-given vision... It's given to one person, but it's to benefit many. In other words, vision comes to one, but it's designed to help many. Look at Joseph's dream. Joseph had a dream. Watch this. God gave it to one person, but it affected many people. Here's the second thing that, that uh, facts about vision. Number two is that vision must be clearly communicated. And that's why Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, write the vision. And that's what most people do. They write it down, but then it didn't stop there. It says, and make it plain. So a vision should be plain enough for you to not only hear it, but to understand it. And that's why here at What Is You Family Church, our, our, our vision is very simple. And it's to know Christ and to what? And to make him known. And that's why everything that we do is centered around that. Amen. Now, 
Look at number three. Here's the third thing about vision. Is that vision helps people discover their calling. We just read that in verse 10. Now, I want you to notice here. I'm just going to throw this out here. Here's here's, uh, the, the fourth thing about vision. Is that there was no voting or meeting whether they should go to, uh, to do the vision or not. There was no voting that took place. See, here's the thing about boards and about advisories and committees, and, and there's nothing wrong with them, but they're really designed to support the vision, not to abort the vision. See, a lot of times when a pastor gives a vision, by the time the, the committee and, and whoever gets done with it, it's nothing like what the pastor said. Because, you know, how many know sometimes people know better or they feel they do? See, most of the time, the majority... It's not right. How many did, how many spies did Joshua them sent out, uh, that Moses sent out? How many spies? It was 12 of them. You know, 10 of them came back with a negative report and two of them said, hey, let's do it. God said it. So the majority is not always right. Just look at your neighbor and say, the majority is not always right. Amen. So Paul did not ask them to go. If you notice, they felt it was their duty to go. They felt it was God's call for them to go. And, and here's my thing. I don't feel that no one should really ask you to serve. I think it's something you should do. It is your duty as a believer. It is your duty as a believer. It is your duty as a member of the body of Christ to do something in his body. Amen. Now, let me give you, before I give you uh, some real facts on how to honor, I want to give you some barriers to honoring. Because, you know, our society is really designed to disdain pastors or anybody in spiritual leadership. In fact, the world is set up that if one pastor does something wrong, it looks like all the pastors did something wrong. All right. And uh, here's one of the barriers. Go to John chapter four, John four. This is the story about the woman in the well. And I just want to point something out about this story, because in this story, I believe it points out some barriers to honoring. Now, in John four, I'm going to read verse five. It says, uh, and uh, he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, being wearied with his journey, uh, uh, sat at the well. And verse 7, then comes a woman of Samaria to draw some water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. Verse 8, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy some meat. Verse 9, then said the woman of Samaria to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Here's the first barrier to honoring, and that is this. Perception determines reception, and having the wrong perception about your pastor affects your reception of the pastor. I'm going to say that again. Having the wrong perception about your pastor affects your reception of the pastor. In other words, I want you to notice in verse 9, it says that she says, How is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink? I'm a woman of Samaria, and and Jews don't have no dealings. In other words, watch this now. She saw his race, but not his grace. She was so focused on the, on the natural side of Jesus. She saw his race being a Jew, but she didn't see his grace. Watch this. She saw his flesh, but she didn't see his spirit. And sometimes that's so easy because here's the thing. Pastors are regular people too. They just are regular people with a call. Amen. Which means that we're going to make mistakes just like people make mistakes too. Now, trust me, we're held at a higher standard by God and we should be held to a higher standard by people. But sometimes the higher standard that people have is higher than whatever Jesus could do. 
Amen. Can you imagine she saw Jesus as a regular person, but the same person that she was seeing as a regular person had the keys to give her eternal life. Amen. So when you see your pastor through the eyes of the flesh and blood instead of the spirit and the calling that they have, watch this, you will normalize the anointing that's on their life. Amen. And see, here's the thing. One day you can be in the spirit and one, in one second you can be in the flesh. I mean, here it is, you know, Peter said, hey, you are the son of God. You are, you know, he told Jesus who he was. And then the next second he was rebuking Jesus, talking about, you know, hey, we, we, I will never have to, you know, uh, deny you. In other words, sometimes we have to watch it because, see, if you if you normalize the anointing on a pastor's life, let me tell you what happens. You end up viewing them from a horizontal relationship. Listen, the anointing doesn't flow horizontally. It only flows vertically. And when you have a horizontal relationship only with your pastor, what will happen is what you're saying is, I'm not humble enough for them to be over me. See, this is when the person, oh, they can preach to you, but they can't pastor you. I'll leave that one alone. All right, here's, here's the second barrier. Is that understanding and maintaining biblical respect. Verse 15, look at what happened. He said to her in verse 14, Whosoever drink of this water, I shall give them, never, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him... Uh, shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, now at least she's kind of raised her respect. She's gone from, you know, him being a Jew to Sir, give me this water that I thirst not so I won't have to come here and drink. Now, if you notice now, she raised her respect of him as a person, but not enough to receive him as her Savior yet. See, these are people who respect the visionaries uh, they speak the person as a visionary and as a preacher, but not their pastor. In other words, you can preach to me, but you can't correct me. Only God can tell me something. See, see, some of us, we got that only God can tell me. See, just come on. Only God. Amen. Well, sometimes the, these are people who... Uh, they, they kind of get offended easy. These are the people, you know, you, you, uh, you know, it, they want the praise when everything is done right, but they don't want the correction when something's done wrong. Just tell me I'm wonderful. Just tell me I'm wonderful. I just want to know how wonderful I am. Please tell me I'm wonderful. Well, you are wonderful, but you just, you know, just, you just put stamps on a thousand envelopes with the same address on it. <laughs> Tell me I'm wonderful. This lady here, she raised her respect, but not to the level where she should. And so look, watch this now. Here's the third thing about a barrier. And that is, you need to have a biblical view versus a traditional view. Because if you keep a traditional view of a pastor, you know, then then you'll put a pastor in a corner and in a box that God never intended them to be in. I know I'm different as a pastor, and it's because God has... Every pastor is different. And so never compare a pastor with one pastor with another pastor. Don't do that. Because God has a gifting, gift, different gifting on that person's life. 
And so whatever gifting that he has on that person, it is. And this is why I, I won't be critical about other pastors because whatever God's got them doing, that's fine. Now, I have plenty of them that, that have me for lunch and dinner. No, they don't have me over. They have me for lunch and dinner. Well, you say, how do you have somebody for lunch and dinner? It's when you're talking about them while you eat. Amen. I, I'm, I believe I'm called to a, a, a different level of generations. See, I understand the, the generation, uh, I don't know what they is. I know, I know I'm part of Generation X, but whatever the generation is before that, I'm going to call them the old school generation. I understand that old school generation because I feel like I'm still part of it. That's why I like Lou Rawls. You'll never find. Yeah. Uh, but I also like, you know, some of Justin Bieber's songs too. Yeah, I, I listen to, you know, I, I have to keep up with some stuff too because I have a teenager. So I want to make sure they're listening to the right stuff. But I, I just feel that, you know, I'm, I'm called a different, like last night I was walking out of In-N-Out Burger, or Five Guys, and uh, this guy was driving by. He stops, he says, what do you do for a living? Now that seems like an odd question. How many, how many people just stop you and ask you that in the middle of nowhere? Most people don't get that. I get that a lot. You know, I was, I had just come from a, 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 a funeral, a memorial service, and so I was kind of dressed up, you know, and, and so he looked at, he said, uh, what do you do? Now he rolled down his window, I don't even know him. What do you do for a living? <laughs> I said, well, I'm a pastor. He says, for real? He says, where's your church? So I told him. He says, I'm coming. Success got him. See, look, I, you can say what you want to, but, but the world, they're attracted to, to a successful God. Amen. You can tell them Jesus is on the main line and you can tell them what he wants. They want to see you drive a good car. Let me get off of that. Okay, so... Oh, shoot, man, I'm out of time. So how do you biblically honor your pastor? How do you do that? I know what I'm going to do in second service. I'm going to skip all that. How do you biblically honor your pastor? (laughs) Here's the first way. You have to maintain a right heart towards them. You have to maintain a right heart towards them. And you say, well, Pastor Eben, how do I keep my heart right towards my pastor? Well, the key way to maintaining a good heart towards your pastor is by giving to him. You say, well, I know that's all he won't talk about. No, 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 because you see, I'm not just talking about giving money. The first thing you got to do is give them prayer. Now, let me just say this. Matthew 621 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be. So if you consistently give towards your pastor, that means your pastor is in your heart. And if they are consistently in your heart because you're giving to them, guess what? Your heart can't get offended towards them. See, people who stay offended or get offended toward the pastor, they're not, they not giving them prayer. So here's the first thing. How do you give to your pastor? Number one, give them prayer. Because if you think the devil is trying to get on you, what do you think he's trying to do to me? I mean, if he after your marriage, just, hey, just add, multiply that time a thousand. Amen. Uh, so you want to give them prayer. Because, see, the Bible says if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. It didn't say if you smite the, the sheep, 
the, the shepherd will scatter. No, it says if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. So I know. So that's why we need your prayer. Amen. Amen. I need your prayer to not throw coffee on somebody again. I, I, I need that. I mean, come on. Now, now be honest. I, I didn't say you did, but how many uh, would, would have liked to cut somebody out this week? How many just would have liked to do that? I didn't say you did it. I just, just would, would have liked to. Just multiply that times a thousand. <laughs> Everybody said you got to give them prayer. Here's the second thing you need to do is that you need to give them support. Amen. The Bible says in uh, Acts, it says that after he's seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go. That's how you show support. You know how you show support for the pastor is that you get involved in the vision that God's given them. Amen. It's not about me. Because you know what, when I first, you know, when God told me he wanted me to start Word of Truth Family Church, he says, Ebony, this is what I want you to do. Here's the area that I want you to do it in. And he says, if you choose not to do it, I'll find somebody else to do it. Now, what was interesting is he had asked somebody else to do it before me. So I'm not sure who God had asked to do this. But uh, for some reason, let me tell you something, God is, you ain't going to hold God uh, hostage now. If you don't want to do what God wants you to do, he, he will find a willing participant. So you got to give them your support. Here's the last one. Here's the third one. You got to give them your obedience. Let's see, I know some of y'all cringe right there. Because here's why. You, you can obey somebody but not honor them. Just like the kids, they go and do what you said, but they did it with an attitude. That means they obeyed, but they didn't honor Amen. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls as though that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not regret, for that is unprofitable for you. In other words, God is saying, Obey those that have rule over you. And see, some of y'all may be saying, Well, I don't know about that obeying thing. That sounds like I'm a slave or I'm a child. Well, listen, you obey your boss? <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, He's talking to you already. You obey your boss. And see, some of y'all, like, I don't obey nobody. That, well, that's why you're un- unemployed. <laughs> Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. What did I say? Let me tell you. See, so what, what, what ways did I say you need to give to your pastor? What was the first one? Prayer. What was number two? Support. What was number three? Obedience. Here's number four. You need to give them some of your treasure. Now watch this, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. It says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Watch this, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 says this, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. And then that's when it goes in to say, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now I'm going to read Galatians 6, 6 out of the Amplified. It says this, let him who receives instructions in the word of God share all good things with his teacher watch this contributing to his support amen philippians chapter 4 we're closing right here philippians chapter 4 says this now you philippians know also in the beginning of the gospel when i departed from macedonia no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving but you only 
For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again. See, I know we, we celebrate this once a year. Paul said, listen, they gave to me once and again. Listen, when God put it on your heart, you never know what God has in store for you from sowing a seed. Man, we, listen, uh, my wife and I, we take care of our pastors. And you know what? The whole, my pastor has like a thousand churches under him. And, uh, they saw my wife and I start when Word of Truth had 22 people. And, and they watched every year when I would come to Houston and give. And the first year, remember I told you it was 5,000, but I only gave 2,500. Well, each year it's gone up 25 and 5. And uh, I think three years ago we gave $100,000. Now touch your neighbor and say, Lord, Lord, give my neighbor neighbor 100,000 to give to the pastor. (laughs) I like that prayer. Watch verse 16 as I close. He says, for in Thessalonica you sent once, everybody say once, once. and again, say again, unto my necessity. Verse 17, not because I desire a gift. Watch this, this is my heart right here. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound, watch this, to your account. Did you know that God sees when you give to the pastor, when you give to the man of God, when you give to the woman of God, do you know that God sees that as, that as fruit? Now, based on, watch this now, you can just write this down. Based on John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus said that if you will bear fruit, he says, you will be able to ask the Father anything in his name. Which says fruit producing has asking status connected to it. So listen, when you give, when all y'all gave today, y'all gave, I want you to now know that you positioned yourself for asking status. I don't know what you want from God, but let me just say this. If what you want from God, your hands can do it, it's not big enough. God don't need your help. See, some of y'all need to dream beyond where you are. And the seed that you have put in the ground today has positioned, positioned you for asking status. I'm going to read the verse and then I'm going to pray. Jesus said in John 15, 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Giving to your pastor is never in vain. It has fruit attached to the seed. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray over you for the seed that you have sown today. Father, in Jesus' name, there are many who have sown into our lives. You said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. You said, if we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. But it says, if we sow to the Spirit... And Father, that's what they did today. It looks like they may have sown it to a man, but because your word told us to do it, they really sowed in obedience to the Spirit. And you said, we shall of the Spirit reap eternal life. And so I pray over this church today and over all the churches in the Metroplex and across the world, those who have set aside time to honor the pastor, to honor the visionaries of that ministry, 
I pray that you will rebound back into their lives. Exceeding and abundantly above all they could even ask or think. I know many of them gave it out of love. But now I want them to not only give it out of love. I need them to expect to have asking status. So Lord, this this week as they begin to think about what they can ask for. That what they ask will be bigger than what their hands can do. What they ask, Father, will involve more than just them. What they ask for, God, let it touch people. Let it touch families. Let it touch generations. And I thank you in advance for a blessing on this church. A blessing to prosper that's on this church. That when people see us coming, they will see people of prosperity. They'll see, they'll see people of blessing. Just like you said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. I thank you that that's what people will see on the lives of all our members and even those who are listening in Jesus' name. And Father, whatever struggle, I see some people who gave out of your necessity. You needed what you gave. God's going to turn something around in your life. Just like he turned that widow woman's life around. God has turned some situations around. Some of you all are going to see some turnaround today, even when you get home. Thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Whatever your head's still bowed, if you're here today, if you die, if you're not 100% sure, heaven will...